0: Welcome to the Vortex Nation podcast, brought to you by lovers of hunting, shooting, public lands, the Second Amendment, and good food. What is up, everybody?
1: I have Jim to my right and across from us uh, virtually.
2: Yep, on the machine.
1: On the machine, but also together in in a rare occurrence where he's actually around other people.
2: No, I'm not. I'm actually a long ways away from other people.
1: Well, I'm <laughs> with the, with us, with us as well. Oh, I'm... with you, yeah. Keep it going, Mark. Keep the wheels on. Oh, God, they're already falling off, Jim. We have Tim Burnett, who is, uh, you may know him, I know him personally, I guess, but also from Solo Hunter TV, as well as a bunch of uh, other fantastic platforms where you can uh, check Tim out and see what he's got going on in the hunting world. Tim Why why don't you you take the reins here and do a heck of a lot better of introducing yourself than I'm doing right now?
2: (laughs) You want me to take the lead in on your podcast? Is that what you want me to do? Uh, Would you? you (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Vortex Nation podcast. We're sitting here with Mark Boardman and Jimmy. Jimmy, I don't even know your last name. That's
0: disgusting. That's That's okay. Don't worry about it. I forget it sometimes, too. Yeah. Big Jim. So we're sitting with Mark
2: and Big Jim. Yep. And we're about to record a podcast, and I'm going to hit them with a line of questions and dig deep into their lives and talk about their, uh, what, the Coups adventure? What was that, the Coups? Oh,
0: wait a minute. Wait See, a Mark, minute. this is what happens yeah. when Cousin you let... for Coups? This is what happens when you, the wheels fall off on your intro. Now we're being interviewed.
2: Tim... Now, you just lost your show. I just took your show from you, so...
0: <laughs> t- I, t- the tables have turned. We're reverse. in the hot seat. Uh, Tim, frankly, I don't like your tactics. If we were playing <laughs> Uno right now, I would totally lay down my reverse card. Wow.
2: Well, you know, so if I was interviewing you for my podcast, I'd have a list of questions for you. It's, but since you're interviewing me for your podcast, um, it should just be as random as hell because there's really no point in going over specific details. It's like, just
0: shoot it. Send Mark. Mark, let's, <laughs> let's consult the list.
1: I, let's, I'm just going to go to the list. We're going we're <laughs> to be systematic about this.
0: So, Tim. I got, I got your list. Yeah,
2: I've got it sitting right in front of me. So
1: Lovely. So, Solo, Solo Hunter TV. And solo hunting in general. So that's going to be the topic of this podcast. We'll get there. We're gonna we're gonna talk about solo <laughs> hunting, right? Yes. Which Tim, you are an expert at solo hunting. I definitely uh, commend you and I respect you for it because that is not the easiest thing to take on by any stretch of the imagination. There's right. a, there's a lot of different uh, facets to it. There's there's a lot of different
0: considerations. We talked with Remy uh, a little bit back as to how he sort of got into the solo hunting, solo filming sort of hobby, if you will, or job, really, lifestyle life. How did it come upon you to just decide, hey, you know what? I'm just going to do all this by myself, solo. Gotcha.
2: Gotcha. So I had been involved with some other outdoor productions and another outdoor television show for a while. In fact, I think you you guys work with them now. So when I started in the in the outdoor television space, it was traditional traditional TV. The same crap that you see on TV now was the same crap we were doing back then, and and like that's just the way it was done. When that when that evolved and changed, and and um, I kind of was was more out on my own. It was it it turned into more that I didn't want to pay a cameraman. I couldn't. I didn't want to do the same thing that everybody else was doing on outdoor television. And so essentially I was just filming my hunts in between after I left that show and was just doing my own thing. Um, I was just filming my hunts and had a little local show in the Boise area called Behind the Rack airing. I was partnered with my friend um, Steve Alderman and we had a bunch of other guys providing footage. But everything that I was doing, I was filming by myself. So then when when everything came about that I had the opportunity to produce a TV show with, uh, with the Sportsman channel... The only content that I had to present to them was solo, self filmed content, and so hmm. that essentially is what I had and what I was good at, and um, you know that's what kind of that's what kind of launched it. Is
1: there like a um, you? You obviously excel at it, right? I, I mean, is there? What's the the appeal to you about hunting solo?
2: You know, I'm maybe I'm selfish. I'm a control freak. I like to control the situations, I guess. You know, and just do it. But a lot of it, I mean, initially it didn't. Part of it comes from like necessity necessity, because not everybody, not all your buddies, can hunt at the same time. Mm -hmm. But a bigger, a bigger part of it is is that's just that's just you know it's just what I like. I just like to go out and adventure and and hunt and and most of the hunting and and adventuring from the time I was really young was alone, and so it was just it was just natural, you know. So um, the appeal is is that you can just do your thing, not not second guess or not question, not have to. I mean, I can be the first shooter. I don't have to let somebody else shoot. I get to shoot, you know, so it's just selfish. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Very well. cool. Very cool being selfish. You know, it, <laughs>
0: Yeah. it's it's okay to be selfish sometimes. Sometimes it is, yeah. Do you ever wind up no. – I, I, I'm trying to think back. I feel like I've seen some stuff, but, like, where you go on hunts with other people, and then oh, does yeah. that just – do you feel like you're just in quicksand, like, all of a sudden, gosh, there's all these other people around that i got to navigate? Mm-hmm.
2: No, everybody I've been able to hunt with, um, you know, it's, my choice. And so you get to kind of be selective. Like I get, a, I've hunted with Remy, I've hunted with, hunt with my brother, I hunt with my best friends, you know, like that. So it's not like you ever get thrown into a camp with somebody you don't like. Right. So yeah, it's, yeah. Um, you get it. Fortunately, you get it. You get to choose who you hunt with. And now yeah, it's always been a blast. I love hunting with other people and I wish I could do a lot more of it, but it just doesn't, it just doesn't line out that way. And to where now it's like, I feel like if I schedule a hunt or take some time and set aside to go on a hunt. I almost feel like it has to be solo, or I'm wasting my time, or I'm wasting, you know, that investment into that time because of what I've got, what I've built with Solo Hunter show and and the brand and the content. So, yeah. So I, I look at everything kind of at two angles. Like I look at it as an entertainment angle, and I look at it from a business angle, and then I look at it from uh, you know whatever else branding
0: branding yeah. side of things. Yeah. So. Yep. Would, Would you still be Solo Hunter Tim Burnett if it wasn't? Well, I know that's also that is kind of like your your brand so to speak. But if you weren't Doing a TV show. Maybe that's hard to imagine because that's just like your life. That's what you do. That's what you love to do. But if you weren't doing it for a TV show, like I i know what you mean when you're saying if you go hunting, you almost have to go by yourself in order to not, in quote, almost sort of waste time doing it because you're like, well, I could have done this solo and then been filming it and it could have gone on the show or something. Would you still be doing it all if it wasn't for the show?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't be filming it. I'd still be hunting by myself for okay. sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think- that's what like when, when I started it, and it, like say say when the first season aired on Sportsman Channel, it was like bam, it kind of hit me with all the the viewer interaction. It was like there's a lot of people out here that hunt by themselves. There's a ton of people that can relate to this hunting aspect of going out without your buddies, whether it's a whitetail hunt or whether it's a backcountry hunt. A lot of guys have been hunting solo forever, long before I ever was. I mean, you look at Jack Frost, and I mean, there's a ton of people. And so it's like, it really hit me how relatable it was. And then equally as relatable, the amount of interaction that I got from guys just on the filming side of things that were like, how do you film, How do you self film this? How do you, do that? So it kind of, it kind of created two, two separate angles. Really. You had the, the viewership and, and I hate to use the word fan base, but you have the viewership of people that were really, really into the fact that you're out there hunting by yourself. I and mean, then mm-hmm. there's a group of people that are really intrigued by the fact that you're filming this by yourself and oh, uh, then yeah, there's a yeah. little bit of crossover too. So
1: yeah, I mean that I mean like you said people have been, you know, hunting by themselves for for years in a lot of different, different scenarios and oftentimes by necessity or just because you want to get away and just have have that have that time, but um yeah, the the filming component adds a giant layer of complexity for sure.
2: Yeah, it does. It makes it makes it a lot more difficult. You know, different I guess. Some situations aren't as aren't as
0: tough, but yeah, it it makes it Makes it way different for mm-hmm. sure. The filming though goes. Fil- I feel like the filming aspect and solo hunting in general though go very hand in hand
1: mm-hmm.
0: because since the dawn of time, practically humans have been storytellers, right? You, you you got, and we've mentioned it before on the on the podcast a few times. And you, when you when you trace it back, you look at cave paintings and that was basically I mean if you went on a hunt and you wanted to in, in, in a sense sort of self film it or tell the story later on you just drew it on a cave wall you know <laughs> but now we have digital cameras and all that stuff that you can capture it and so it's it's a way to sort of yeah, share that story. And so, you know, if other people are there, then you kinda got your buddies with you and, and and you may you may film it, you may tell the story a little bit more, but everybody was there to see it. But when you're by yourself in order to sort of tell that story,
1: yep. it
0: does help to have, you know, the aid of, of cameras and video equipment and photos to do so. You're you're a yeah. modern caveman, Tim. That's right. Well,
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, in a lot of ways a lot of ways, like when you've got a cameraman and a crew and everything, it just it's so unnatural. Like it it takes it takes a natural event that you're doing and hunting and it makes it unnatural because now all of a sudden mm-hmm. in, in, unless unless it's like unless the guys are really good and you know everybody's everybody's fluid but it's like you throw in that element of okay now i gotta react to the camera and then i gotta then i gotta hunt and then i gotta react back to the camera whereas i feel like with solo it's more just you're just documenting what's going on and kind of walking walking your way through it in a lot of ways it helps me because i'm like talking to the viewers you know telling them what i'm doing and then i'm like well that Maybe I'm not going to do that. No, I'm going to go and do this instead. So it gives you just that just that minute to sit back and think about the the hunting process. So yeah, the hardest man, that's part for me is going back and forth. You know,
1: yeah, it's almost like a like a like a sounding board. You know, but you're just you're talking. Talking with yourself? Do you talk to yourself a lot, Tim? No, but uh, maybe you time. Did.
2: Yeah, um, but you're not ham. I don't feel like I don't feel like solo. Like, and I think it shows on the camera. Both Remy and I. Like, I don't think you're hamming to the camera when you're by yourself. No, and, and there's there's a lot more of that when you got your buddies there, your cameraman there, jabbing you or asking you questions. Like, there's a lot more show going on.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. Like, and just hearing you talk about that and thinking back to all the episodes that I've watched. I mean that truly does come through and i think that is one of the big draws and appeals of the show is that it does come off so natural like people do feel like they feel like they're hunting with you or or they're just you know fully involved and along for that experience and like you said you know i mean guilty of it you know somebody shoves a camera in your face like i feel like i gotta be on but like you said you guys are like just more really documenting things as they happen you're you're talking through exactly what's going on and i guess sometimes able to make some decisions i know even just you know around here at work or really anything anytime you can like you know be like okay i got this idea and it's like okay let's rap about it and sometimes you end up in a completely different spot than your original idea and just you know going through that process so that's that's definitely that's super interesting but yeah the the thing
2: the thing, too, is, uh, is, is you know, you guys, a lot of people see what we're what we're turning out now. You know, they're seeing the shows and the, the hunts that we filmed in the last couple of years. Not a lot of people really can go go back and look at the archives or look at some of the older stuff. You know, it's like podcasting or anything else that you do consistently. You do a lot. You get way better at it, way more fluid at it, way more natural at it. Oh, um, yeah. oh yeah. I mean, you can tell if that you, from if my you look intro at, today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You look at the earlier stuff, and it's like, yeah, we're pretty awkward. You know, the hunting situations might have been a little bit awkward. In fact, I'm going through a lot of the old episodes now because we're publishing on a lot of different platforms because I'm a big believer that your content never dies. You know, it lives forever and it only dies if you let it die. So I've been very, very good and successful at rejuvenating it and, and using it on a lot of different uh, platforms and essentially monetizing it for, for a long time. But if if someone looked back at the old stuff, they'd be like, "Yeah, Tim and Remy, you know, they're. Yeah. I mean, if, we wouldn't be as nearly as polished as we are now." I guess, <laughs> yep, yep.
1: You know, but that's like that's an interesting. It's like a time capsule, though. I mean, some of that stuff is a sign of the times, and you can. Uh, there's definitely um, that throwback, that that throwback vibe that comes with it. That is, you know, super. I guess not. Maybe endearing's not the right word, but like. Uh, yeah, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. Yeah. It's it's cool. And, and like I said, it's the time, you know, maybe you're, you know, using different gear, or using different tactics. And I don't know, I think sometimes it's definitely important to be able to look back on that stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some of it I look back and I'm like, wow, I was way better 10 years ago than I am now at certain things. Like the way, just maybe it's the editing style or the filming style. It's like, gosh, dang, I used to do that. Well, now I'm not, now I'm kind of lazy, you know, I just kind (laughs) of just go through the process. But I think too, that's kind of been the evolution of the delivery of content too. You know, it used to be that you needed everything polished. I mean, brands were spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to produce 30 second spots and all that. And now people are, are producing and releasing content on their smartphones. And so I think just the appetite for the way content is delivered is viewed has changed. And so, um, I think it it plays into it to keep everything simple and to just do it more document style more so than production style, you know, cinematic Mm -hmm. production style. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm.
0: Because
2: a lot of our older stuff is way better looking than our newer stuff, you know, from a cinematic point of view.
0: Okay, yeah. Okay,
2: sure, sure.
0: So getting uh, back into like the actual act of like solo hunting and whatnot, so... We did, um, there's that video series that we had coming out with you and it showed a number of different things around the solar hunter, uh, uh, you solo hunting. One thing that I also enjoyed seeing was the one where you had your son out there and you were going hunting with him. It looked like ton of fun. You were saying how, when you got started hunting, a lot of what you did when you got started hunting was sort of by yourself Do you see yourself kind of getting your son to the point where you think he'll start hunting by himself? Or is that going to be a thing where now you've got your hunting buddy for quite some time now and you're almost like, like duo hunter for a a while, you think, or...
2: Yeah, it's interesting. Mine and his personalities couldn't be more opposite. He's more like my wife. Okay. Very, very, uh, very, very social. Like, he thrives on people and things around him. Like, he's, he's, he's he's in fact, he's with his buddies at the lake right now, you know. And, and, and he, he told us the other day, we're like, Hudson, don't you need a break from your friends? And he's like, Mom, the grind never ends. And we're just like, <laughs> <laughs> so he's like... He'll, he'll, I don't I don't see him transitioning and being you know carrying on my whatever legacy or whatever cont- carrying on the solo hunter uh, thing I just don't see him out there on the mountain by himself. He's, it's just not gonna happen he's he's a social person for sure now my daughter on the other hand she'll I mean she'll she'll walk around the neighborhood by herself she'll she's she's a lot more like me but interesting, interesting.
1: So. one thing one thing I really really liked about about that hunt that you documented documented with your son was like, and there's, I mean, so I'm not, there's no wrong way, I guess, to get a, get a youth into hunting. But one thing that I really liked about this one is oftentimes there's like, you know, it's a very controlled environment and, and there's maybe a lot of, a lot, a lot of holding, And I just thought this was really cool how you're like, okay, well, there's some turkeys. It's like, well, go figure it out, you know, like and, uh,
0: kick them out of the nest.
1: And, uh, you know, I think that's oftentimes, you know, as hard as it may be, that's the best way to, to learn things. And, and it was uh, yeah, a little, a little, a little kick them out of the nest and, you know, lengthen that leash a little bit. And it was just, I thought it was a fresh way to look at it. You know, it was very, it was lighthearted. It wasn't like, we got to get one. We got to get one. We got to have that success. It was like, no, let's learn. Let's have some fun.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I learned, I've learned with Hudson and, and is that, um, you know, as a, as a parent and as a father, you want to, you want to show your kids, you want them to learn how to do things. But I think sometimes, you know, in in my case, I was spending too much time showing him how to do things and doing it and, and working with him that I felt like he wasn't, he he wasn't getting the experience of, of the figuring stuff out. You know, when, when we were kids, we had to figure crap out, you know, and and I just, on this hunt, and, and Charles was a perfect, perfect person to, to to go out hunting with. Like, I just wanted Hudson to experience things and to figure it out on his own. And I just wanted to be a fly on the wall. You know, essentially, that's all I was. I, most of the filming I did was from 50 yards behind, you know, just following these guys around. And Charles was a phenomenal teacher because he would teach Hudson a couple of things, but then also be very observant and let Hudson express to him what he was observing and what he was seeing and everything. So it was just a great situation. And, you know, that's just the approach that, that we both, that Charles and I both took on, in having Hudson out there was let him experience the hunt and figure this out because if we're doing it for him, he's not going to learn how to do it. You know, mm-hmm. when when we were kids, we had a, a couple of mentors, but for the most part, we were out grinding on the mountains behind our house, figuring it out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but it was, it was a blast just seeing, seeing his, his face and just, interacting with him in a hunting situation and, and that 90% of that hunt, you didn't see 90% of the footage. We spent a lot of time sitting on our butts and walking through the mountains, not seeing or hearing anything, you know, and right. but he handled it. He handled it like a champ. It was, it was great. That's super cool.
1: Yeah. And I think that's something that shined through on that too, is like just watching that learning happen, you know, watching yeah. him figure it out and like, Oh, I'm going to make, you know, you know, the turkey's doing this. I'm going to make this decision. And, you know, as you're watching, like, oh, yeah, that might work out, you know, or whatever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and and, and uh, jump shooting turkeys, man, that's about as good as it gets, too. So to watch your boy run around the woods with a shotgun in his hand, that's pretty dang fun. No, that, <laughs> that was awesome. a blast.
1: That, that was, was awesome, blast. man. All, all of the films were really good. I, I truly, truly enjoyed them all. And I guess I'll, I'll plug it, shameless plug. If, if you want to check them out, yeah, go to Vortex YouTube page, Vortex Selects. You can see several films that Tim put together there and they're all they're all super good so I liked them all equally in different ways they were like really really unique each one
2: yeah originally when this concept came out when we were talking with Sawyer it was like we were going to take one hunt you know that was the concept we were taking one hunt and and separating it into four parts and uh, then I went on that hunt and it was an unsuccessful hunt and uh, I didn't kill but it was like it, it made more a lot more sense to take four hunts that I had done that were all Very, very different and yet very, very similar at the same time. They all had just uh, something unique, I think a unique perspective to the solo hunting aspect that each one of them brings to the table that I think it was a great combination of the four, you know, to present. So I'm proud of them, how they turned out. And I'm grateful to you guys for, for putting them on a platform and and get them out there. So.
1: Oh man, no. That, we appreciate. It. They're they're awesome. They're, yeah, they're I can't
2: wait to re- I I can't I can't wait to get a lot more feedback on them, you know, once you guys see the rest of them. So we you've released what? Two of them so far?
1: I think two of them, about
0: right. I'd of have right. To think, <laughs> well, I think one you know,
1: I I was lucky or we were lucky cuz we got to see all of them. So I watched them all like bam, you know, I got right. to binge watch them. Right. So right. Yeah. uh But that's uh, the best yeah. way. uh yeah. So, uh sorry everybody. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got over on that that uh Fancy list there, Marco. Oh man, I got lots of things. I got lots of things. Uh, one thing that's not on the list, but a question for a person who maybe is thinking about maybe embarking on their first solo hunt. What, like, what would be some suggestions or even some some guidance or some things to consider to maybe not push them over the edge physically because we don't want that to happen on their solo hunt. But yeah, you know, you know <laughs> maybe give them uh, the the confidence. Like, yep, I can go do this.
2: Yeah, it's funny the. The the most questions I get um, from from guys on solo hunting, and, and it seems like seems to be the biggest hurdle. Which to me seems like the smallest hurdle is like how do I how do I get over the 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 point of being out there alone, you know, or, or spending the night on the mountain alone? Mm-hmm. I, it's amazing. It's amazing to me. And even even with some guys that I've hunted with and um, guys I've run across on the mountain, it's like once once that sun starts to dip in the sky and gets really close to the horizon, guys are heading back to the truck. You know, and it's Mm-mm. like there's a lot of people out there that just don't have the experience of, of something like mm-hmm. hiking back to the truck in the dark, you know, or even just sleeping on the mountain f- by themselves. The night. And so that's overwhelmingly the most questions I get is how do you overcome the fear or how do you get overcome that? And um, which is kind of surprising to me, but maybe, you know, maybe it shouldn't be. So that's if if someone can overcome anything, it's like just, OK, spend spend the night out in your yard and then and then go you know, a little bit farther and spend the night, and then go even deeper and spend the night. But if if you just break through your your barriers and your fear one time, then you'll realize it's gonna be okay. You know, I mean, <laughs> odds are you, you're probably not gonna get eaten by a bear that night. You know, so, and I hope they don't. Maybe another don't. night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. That Anything's night. possible. <laughs> no, I mean, that, I think that's a good one. Um, and that's actually that's one that I wouldn't have thought of as kind of you know baby stepping your way into it. And and that is. A tough one it's weird like just in the way we live nowadays whether it's your family or being at work or you know you go on a on a hunting trip which actually I would say like a big part of hunting like there's really cool parts of of every hunt and one hunt might be more about the camaraderie and then another hunt might be more about testing yourself on some crazy timbernet solo hunt right but I do like that, you know, even just getting used to being alone. Like you said, go camp in your backyard and, you know, when it's time to go to bed, you just go to bed and you don't have necessarily inputs from, you know, electronics or other people. It's it's just you and I guess learning how to be, you know, alone with your thoughts, you know, which I could see being challenging.
0: And scary, depending
2: on who you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some, some people just aren't going to enjoy it. You know, they just don't enjoy not having noise, you know, like my son, he has to have his earbuds in or has to have the music playing somewhere or something. Some people just can't handle the silence. You know, I'm the type I can drive to Texas and back without turning on the radio. You know, it just, it's certain people are, are wired for that. Um, but even just, even just sleeping on the mountain one night, you know, do it Lay out under the stars. Look at the look at the Milky Way. You know, listen to the sounds. Just freaking absorb it and enjoy it, and realize that it's there's a lot of really really cool things out there when you can get rid of the noise. You know, mm-hmm. and um, that's something that I just I just have just an appetite and a craving for that alone, whether I'm hunting or not. Hmm. And um, if somebody doesn't have that craving, man, I'm am sorry for you. You know, it's too bad. But
1: does that? I mean, do you find that? Being alone allows you to be, like, 100% present in the moment. I know that word gets thrown around a lot, but, I mean, I know, like, for myself, when I hunt by myself, and it could be just just, uh, like a whitetail hunt, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you go out, yeah, it's a day hunt, but you go out by yourself, you've made all your own decisions, you're in the tree by yourself, and you are alone with your thoughts to, Mm -hmm. you know, just really, you know, witness or, you know, experience, like, everything that's going on around you, I mean, do you find that, that that allows you to maybe appreciate the smaller things or take time to appreciate the smaller things like noticing, you know, taking time to notice the stars or taking time to notice, you know, whatever animal might be there or even just the sunset.
2: Yeah. When you take, when you take every element out of this, out of an environment or out of a situation, but your mind, you know, and essentially you can, you can take your body out of the, out of the equation. You just sit tight, you fold your arms and you just are super silent and quiet and you're just observing and listening like you totally have a a separation and you're immersing yourself in the nature. Wherever the situation might be, whether it's in a tree stand and you can still hear the road traffic or, you know, horns honking or whatever it is, you're still just, you're not a part of a nature. You're just observing it. You're just taking it all in. Same thing in in the back country. If you're just there and there's no communication going on between you and your buddy or your guide or whatever it is, or there's no lights flashing from cameras, different. like if you're just there, you're really, truly more part of a nature than you are with with a group or with with friends. Like you can, and, and in my mind, you can just shut everything down, and literally just observe what nature is in its in its truest form. You know, and that's that's just it's so hard to describe and explain into words, but it's so filling. And so um, addictive to me mm-hmm. that you just—it's—it's it's a craving. You know, I sit here in my office after two weeks, I'm ready to go out. And even if it's just for one night, I'm ready to just be gone. It's like this morning, I was just ready to be on the road and and go somewhere and not have any noise or any anything, but just static noise and staring down the down the street. You know, um, but then you got—I crave that.
1: I was gonna say What's then, that? You got that, then you got that Vortex pod, <laughs> podcast leash just jerking you back into uh,
2: <laughs> Yeah. But then when I'm done, guess what? I get to go back. I get a I get it I have to go do it, you know, because I have other responsibilities I gotta do. So like um but I, I just crave those things, you know, I look forward to it. Just like other people might crave going to the dance club.
1: Yep. That, yeah, no. That's yeah, well, Mark. Maybe. Mark. Yeah. Mark. Big, big dance oh, club. Oh, man. Yeah. Give, give me a shiny shirt and a club and a smoke machine, and we are off to the races. <laughs>
2: That's right. I just have to remember not to smile too big because my fake teeth will glow in the, in the, <laughs> in, in the black lights.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, hearing you talk about that, Tim, though, it, it reminded me of something that, um, that well, I thought it was super cool. So we were doing some, some remote schooling lately, and one of the exercises for our, uh, our oldest daughter. daughter was to go outside and essentially, like, pay attention. And it was like, okay, so, and the, it'd be like, so what do you hear right now? So, and we went out barefoot, we are in the grass, so what, what do you feel right now? What are you seeing right now? And so she's like, oh, I hear I hear a bird. I'm like, well, what kind of bird is that? Well, I think that's a robin. Uh, we talk about birds. You know, I'm like, what do you feel? She's like, oh, I feel the grass, you know. But it was a really cool to watch her, like, the things that she was noticing but it was a really interesting reminder for myself to be, uh, I guess, intentional about taking time out to notice those little things as well. Like, And I was like, that's a good reminder for me. I'm going to put that little you know, feather in my cap, and the next time I go hunting, it's like, because it's so easy. It's so easy, and, and that's why you're out there, right? You are focused, and, you know, I mean, you have to have all systems go and be, and you are present because you're like, okay, did I hear deer? Did I hear that? But like to maybe take time out to listen to maybe some more of that ancillary type stuff that you don't always take time to notice. I mean, I've, I've ignored like a crazy sunset. You're like, oh my God, that's the most beautiful thing I see. I've seen, but you're like, but there's a deer down here and I'm just like hyper-focused on the deer and you miss the sunset or whatever. So anyway, I thought that was kind of something. I think it helps keep you in tune
2: for a lot of different situations. You know, you think about like you, you mentioned the different birds that you hear or whatever else, but from a hunting standpoint, if you're if you're attuned to those sounds and you you're up on what's going on around you, you can notice the changes too. So if you're mm-hmm. if you're, you know, up hunting elk and everything's going on and then all of a sudden you hear, you know, say a squirrel go off or whatever else or the forest gets silent you know you can read the situation if everything goes silent and just super dead quiet it's like well maybe there's a maybe there's a black bear creeping through the this patch of trees or whatever else or if that chipmunk just lights up and goes crazy maybe there's a, a herd of elk kind of easing their way up through and and the different bird sounds but you can you know, you can kind of read nature just by the sound of it as well as by the smell of it and then by the feel of it, you know, and the sight of it. So there's all these things that just brings your whole body and your whole mind into tune with with the wild and with the hunting situation. I think mm-hmm. the more more in tune and the more um, observant and the more into the situation you can be, the better hunter you're gonna be.
0: Yeah. And it, it is, I think personally, easier to do that stuff when you are by yourself, I guess, just because you yeah. you don't have. I think whenever I've been around other people, usually I'm, I'm just always kind of thinking about like, oh, is the other person you know is the other person good? Am, am, am I being awkward? Do we need to talk now? Do I need to bring this up? Whatever. But do you, you want know, to go left or right? Yeah, yeah. But I think I think yeah. I was gonna ask you something along those lines. If you've become more in tune with a lot of that stuff and you've been able to put two and two together, because I think to myself, obviously being in marketing, you know, one one thing that. I've always tried to do is if I'm driving in my car and I see a billboard or whatever, something happens and I actually paid attention to it. Or if I'm watching YouTube videos and I actually paid attention to a, a 30 second ad and I, for some reason, watch it all the way to the end, a lot of people just be like, "Oh, okay, next thing. But I'm like, oh, well, what, what was it that made me pay yeah. attention to that? Or what was it that made me watch that whole thing, you know, and then, and then actually analyze the thing and, and then be able to figure out, oh, it was this that made that happen. In a hunting situation, yeah, when there's so many times I've been out hunting with, uh, with Mark, you or Muckenhorn or Eric, um, you guys are like the main people that I've gone out with, but I'll just be sitting there very, and, and a lot of times, because I'm still working on not being so absent-minded, I think, when I'm just like sitting there and nothing's happening, but a lot of times we'll be sitting there and all of a sudden it's, oh, did you hear that? That was a, like a deer just blew, you know, or something like that. And I right. think to myself, "Nope, didn't hear anything." <laughs> uh, <laughs> or you'd be like, "That was so crazy! Did you hear it?" And then, nope, uh, I didn't. I didn't. Or you know, "Oh, look over there! Do you see that?" Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go. Home I, I don't to Jimmy. know about yeah. that,
1: Jim. Because here's—I'm going to give you just a, a a compliment here. Your game eye is actually off the charts for a person <laughs> that like, you know, not. New, like, we've done a fair amount of hunting together, but, like, it's not like you were, like, some crazy lifelong hunter, and, like, we were out the other day hunting turkeys, and you're like, oh, there's one, I'm like, hunter. damn it, Jim,
0: like, <laughs> but, so, anyway, you have an excellent game. I, hear, I get so. it from my wife. She couldn't care less about hunting, but I tell you what, that, that woman can point out anything, anywhere. She's got x-ray vision. That's awesome. It's crazy.
2: Yeah, my yeah. That women can point out anything anywhere, whether hunting or not. You know, they can point out something from 19 years ago, and they're, they're going to remember it.
1: Yeah, it's true. You know, and we are no. at such a disadvantage there. Because be like, well, remember when you did this, and I can't dispute it because I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, chances are you're right, but you could probably have made that up as well, and I'm still.
2: So yeah, I think my wife, my wife will tell you that my most used line is, is I have no memory of that. Sorry, babe. I have no memory of that. You, Please. Know? So you could be like, a politician.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. I have <laughs> I no could. recollection of that uh, incident. Um, but, like,
2: but like say with a deer, you know, like my first reaction when I see when I see a buck or something, I'm like, oh, which way is the wind blowing? OK, I'm going to do this. And then you're like, well, what time of day is it? OK, um, you know, what's what's going on? So you start putting all the pieces together of this whole scenario based off of what's going on and what's what's around you. You know, I might be you might be sitting there glass in for deer and hear a covey of of chucker fly up and you're like okay well why did that covey of chucker fly up at one o'clock in the afternoon you know are they are they really so something had to have probably spooked him out of your bed so you're like okay well maybe a buck or maybe some deer got up and moved through through a covey or a coyote or whatever else but you're always just kind of attuned to everything that's going on around you and looking at that as, as a hunting situation it is okay, is this going to be, can I use this to my advantage or what kind of information can I gain from this for the next time? Because if I see a big buck, you can guarantee I've written down and logged in my on X what direction the wind was blowing, what time of, the day, of day it was, you know, which direction he was heading, whatever it was, because a big deer or a big elk or any, any you know, trophy animal for that matter or any, anything you're hunting is in that spot for a reason. Unless mm-hmm. it's the middle of the rut, but if you, if they're there, like, like now, I mean, we'll be hunting deer in a month, a month, mm-hmm. and a month and 10 days, Oh, geez, yeah. early season. They're there for a reason. Like they're not in the rut. They're not cruising the countryside. If you see them, they're there for a reason. And odds are next year, another deer is going to be doing the exact same thing for a reason in that same area because it's a safe corridor or whatever. So you just kind of try to put all those things together for future reference.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is one of the cool things about just hunting in general is that, like forces you in a good way, I guess, to be observant of like really everything, your, mm-hmm. your surroundings as a whole. Have your directional
0: skills just are? Are your directional skills just off the charts?
2: Because yeah, when it gets dark, I'm, I lose my mind. I'm like, I gotta have the map when it gets dark.
0: Oh, okay, I, you do. All right, I was, I'm, I was, I'm
2: okay. Like I'm okay until you get. Trees all around me, and everything's yeah. black. Like then, I'm like, okay, I, I think I know the truck's over there. You know, it's kind of within this window. Yeah, I yeah. I can't do this. Well that's, well, that's that's so.
0: that's fair. But I was thinking to myself, anytime you know, even when you're hunting with other people, you glass something, and you walk a hundred yards, and you look back, and you think oh, where I just was looks nothing like I thought it looked. And actually where I glassed the deer or where I glassed the spot I'm going to looks totally different. In fact, I can't even see it. And then you wonder to yourself, where am I? (laughs) I, Should I go back or what ways back? (laughs) I mean, that is... No, I'm not that bad. All right.
2: In the dark, yes, but... Oh, uh, yeah,
0: I mean, in the dark?
2: I'm a homing pigeon in the daylight. You get in the dark, then I lose all senses.
1: (laughs) I am uh, not a homing pigeon in the day or or the dark, but that's why that's why we have electronics and can drop pins and all sorts mm-hmm. of things that actually allow. No, me to man, I spent time with
2: guys. They they're like their face is buried in their phone. I hunted with a guy ran just ran into him randomly on a mountain in in Montana, and uh, so we ended up spending the afternoon together. He was familiar with the show, and and like man, his face was in that sucker all the time, and I'm just like. Get your face out of the GPS. You're gonna be okay. You've we've only crossed a couple of miles. We've only crossed a couple of ridges. Whatever else, like you're gonna find your way back to the truck. <laughs> uh, not everybody, Tim. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, Mark. Hey, but, I got uh, lost in Oklahoma in a in a in a couple of mile. Uh, acre you're like a thousand acre farm i mean i was trailing a buck and with my head down and in this that and i come out and i was like i did not know where i was and, the, and i came to a fence line and i was like or it was a power line i was like if i go that way it's about 10 miles to the road if i go that way it's about a half a mile or one of the one or the other i didn't know which one but i just got turned around big time in there so
0: oh yeah did but you uh forts, did you choose i chose wisely? the right one yes okay. i did very very but nice. it was
2: a 50/50. There was it was it was like okay, it was dark. There was just like okay. I, I don't know. So.
0: Yeah. Well,
2: oh, then I was it,
1: in the dark. Oh geez. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh yeah. What about so we were, you know, we were joking earlier Tim about talking to yourself. But like have you ever been on an extended extended hunt where you're by yourself, you know, multiple days and been like, "Man, I'm getting a little buggy."
2: Yeah. Yeah. But most of it like like I kind of joke with my with my, my brother mostly is if, if what I say, if what I said under my breath ever reached the light of day, I wouldn't be liked very well. (laughs) People, people just wouldn't like me, (laughs) but it's like, it's the same thing. I'm out there. I'm not out there just randomly just talking out loud. It's just your thoughts. It's just what's in your head. You're like talking to yourself in your head mostly. Yeah. Unless Um, I do something stupid then I'm, you know, whatever. But
1: do you find that having the camera along almost like kind of helps alleviate some of that? I guess not having that human interaction, it's almost like having somebody with you.
0: Yeah, the yeah. cameras are like a person.
2: Yeah, I've learned. I've learned that I really like to communicate with the viewer. I really do. I enjoy it, and I feel like I owe it to them to explain and to, to talk the way through through the situation. And I felt. I also feel like like I've really grown to enjoy being vulnerable on the camera and saying, "Hey, you know, I just did something stupid or whatever, you know," and just telling it how it is and being the realism of it, and not feeling like I have to be on script or I have to, you know. Be on my a game. It's like it is what it is, and if I if I have something quirky or funny to say, I'm gonna say it. If if I'm serious, I'm gonna say it. Uh, and, but it's it's essentially like it's kind of it is it is kind of a release to have that there because you can voice what's going on and then move on. You know, mm-hmm. You're like okay, that was cool. You know, and
0: then. Yeah. Hopefully you, they like it.
2: And if they don't, I get to edit it out.
0: You may. Exactly. <laughs> and that, that is also the beauty of, uh, of recording things, not live, but, Solo uh, editor. Yeah, exactly. You bring up the idea of, you know, sometimes you might screw up and then, um, you know, being real with that. And I think, I uh, you know, I, I think that's super awesome when people can do that, you know, and, and there's a lot of people out there. I think that many times, unfortunately, they just they have the mindset that oh if you screw up you're an idiot instantly and and mm-hmm. people forget so often that that everybody starts from ground zero right like when you're born nobody's born knowing you might have some you might have some natural uh, abilities or things that you can naturally gravitate towards but even if you're somebody that's a natural you know natural best basketball player to ever live or natural best hunter to ever live you still had to learn all this stuff that you just might have learned it quicker than somebody right. else would have. But learning things, I've found a lot of times, and you're talking about it before, you had to figure a lot of stuff out, can oftentimes be learned through screwing stuff up, but then it can also be learned by somebody with experience teaching you something. Do you find, and and this probably just gets into learning styles a little bit and and stuff, but do you find that uh, sometimes you have a harder time ever learning new things because the only way that you get to learn them when you're hunting solo is by going out and doing them and potentially screwing it up or, or are you also consulting people before you go on hunts to try and get information ahead of time? What's your best way of learning when you're doing all this? I'm not very good at asking for help or asking questions or asking for advice or any of that, that kind
2: of thing. I'm, I, I'm just not very good at it. I'd probably be a better hunter if I would ask for, for like, like drawing a new area, you know, that I have no experience with. It might be valuable to reach out and find somebody that's hunted that area, ask for their advice on different places to start out or whatever else, but I don't have that mindset. I have the mindset of hunting is an experience for me. I, I've never been a great hunter, but I've learned over a lot of years to hunt and to be to hunt and do it well in most cases, there's still some cases where I screw up, you know, and where I, where I don't do do what's right. But for me, I, I really like the process of hunting so much. And I like the process of exploring and figuring it out that I'm willing to go without notching my tag on this hunt this year, because next year I'll have it again, you know, maybe potentially, or have another one. And, and every hunt that I go on, is like, it's another experience and it's another adventure. And I, I've learned to just not put the stress of having to notch a tag on, on any given hunt. And I think mm-hmm. if, if you looked at all of hunting television, I'm probably the least tag filling sucker out there, you know, and it's <laughs> not because I couldn't, I don't think, I think the majority of the times I, I could and can. And, but I think it's because, um, you're, I'm either not ready to, or, or I do something that, that messes it up or I just didn't figure it out good enough. So, but there's always next year. So, I mean, it's a, it's an experience. It's a part of life. It's a. It's what you do, and I'm going to be doing for a long time, hopefully. And uh, I, I don't feel like success. Any success in any given hunt, any given year, is that important? Mm-hmm. Like it's. It's just a part of. The, it's a process.
0: That's a hard thing to try and teach nowadays. I feel like to talk about people no. like screwing up. I I feel like you see so many people nowadays who just their mindset is that there is no tolerance for screwing up you know and i i don't know where have people have you read comments on the internet jim i don't know where people get <laughs> so well yeah so you know and you see it i don't know where people get it from so much but it just seems the more and more we i know the where more and more it. time goes on the more and more i see people where there is no patience and there is no there is no grace period for for screwing stuff up and it's it's like
2: we, everybody screws stuff up from.
0: It, it comes from work.
2: it comes from you know when, when when people watch a hunting TV show you know they're always successful, or when somebody watches they're always successful, or there's there's a lot of vocal people in the in the industry you know with with big platforms that are like eh, he's not a killer so he's not legit you know there's there's enough mm-hmm. big voices like that out there saying that that it's become into the forefront i've had i've had uh, you know individuals that i've worked with and and partnerships because i don't kill enough i'm not valuable enough you know whatever there's it's and that's why i think there's that voice out there and that that uh, stigma out there that if you're not killing filling every tag and notching every tag that you're not a a real hunter whatever it's because there's tool bags like that out there voicing that you're not you're not that good if you're not filling your tags and i'm here to tell you that it's bs you know i mean hunting is an experience and these young kids coming into it that are that are you know going on these hunts expecting to be successful and then aren't successful and then just get depressed and down on themselves that's crap you know it's just and it's because mm. of it's because of the voices that are out there is telling them yeah hey you're not good enough if you're not killing a you know an antlered buck on every every time you go out
1: well, and, and by and large, you know, what does, you know, make the final cut or what does end up being portrayed? I mean, you, you definitely want your content to be exciting and, and this, that, the other, but also it's not necessarily a realistic portrayal of hunting as a whole. So like you said, they've got a, oh, gosh, a lot yeah. of folks have a false sense of what exactly is going to happen. I know this was several years ago, but just, you know, not to get into story time, but my buddy was taking his, uh, his girlfriend hunting for the first time. And uh, this is this is when we worked at Cabela's, and we got on uh, like a nice buck, like I think it was like a probably like a two two and a half year old whitetail, a buck that I would have shot any day of the week, you know. And she's like, "No, I don't want to shoot that one. I want I want to shoot one that like, that's the ones I like that I see in Cabela's." And I'm like, "Good luck." Well, good luck, mm-hmm. you know. And I think over time, I think she found it frustrating, and you know, but then also like grew to realize well it's not always always like that and i think your philosophy tim is is super cool it's uh, i guess in some ways unfortunately refreshing right you don't see right. a lot of that and i think it's a big part of your success because people who do hunt or or even getting into hunting and are having some of these ex- experiences go Man, that's real. I like I can relate to that guy. Like, you know, he's I mean, you're an excellent hunter, Tim, and I think you don't give yourself enough credit a lot of the times, which actually is I guess I, I do under
2: my breath, Mark. You're, I okay. do I do. I give myself plenty of credit.
1: Okay, well just you're humble not, just <laughs> not publicly. you're you're humble to me, outwardly humble. <laughs> you're outwardly <laughs> humble and uh yeah, man, I just I don't know. I appreciate it. And I, it just it really does shine through in the productions and I think it's because you you're just you're you're a genuine person. And what comes off on on camera is just those genuine moments. I think it's super cool. So,
2: yeah, and I think I think the film that you guys are going to release next, the odd one, the, the, the select, it's, it's a good example of that. You know, it's a, it's a good example of some good hunting, some good opportunities and some screw ups, you know, some really amateur mistakes made by a guy in the industry for 15 years. And uh, it's, it's just it's a really good overall, you know, picture of it. And then the next one that you'll release looks pretty awesome. You know, it's like mm. flawless, pretty much didn't do anything wrong. So
0: yeah, so it's right. a good, good
2: combination.
0: It yeah.
1: almost sounds like hunting. Almost, <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> one of the other things I remember thinking too is that I, I see portrayed so often in videos that I watch or whatever, people always see something. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I didn't know how to word that at first, but people always see something, and so I just thought it was like, oh, you just go out in the woods at some point, and then you just sit long enough, or you just go anywhere, and you're going to see something. It'll just pop out of the woods somewhere, right? And then you go hunting a couple of times, and you don't see anything, and you think to yourself, "Am I doing something wrong? Right? Am I? Is this? You know? And 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 that's where." It took me asking some people or having gone on some hunts with other people to have learned that. But if I were only solo, which actually I know, interestingly enough, too, somebody listening to this, we've got we've we're we're in a period of time where a lot of people are starting out solo now. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, they didn't have family that hunted, but they just decided, gosh darn it, I'm going to do it for any number of reasons. It may just be because you want to, maybe because you think that the that the cooking aspect of it or whatever is is super cool, but yeah, and then and then you have people like that who probably consult media a lot because they don't have they can't go to their family, their family might even get mad at them if they found out they were hunting or whatever. But they consult media and then they assume, well, geez, I went out twice, I didn't see anything, I must be doing it wrong, or you know, this is boring. Do you ever see anything or? Right, when, uh, in, when in reality it's like,
1: no, no, that was well, the, the one out of ten <laughs> times when the stars actually aligned. I think we may have even had that discussion one time on a hunt. You're like, you know, is this uh, – we haven't seen it. I'm like, oh, no, Jim, this, it's always like this.
2: <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. No, I think, that's, I think that's part of what has you know attributed to some of the success of Solo Hunter is, is that both Remy and I are very good at, sh- at documenting what we see, and, and we both, if you look through the last ten years of, of episodes – there's, there's a, a handful of episodes each where we come home empty-handed, you know, and not for lack of effort. We hunt hard, and, and uh, you know, Remy's as, is, is, uh, you know, as good of a hunter as there is anywhere in the world, you know, and when he comes home empty-handed or doesn't have a successful hunt, that's just reality. It's just the way that it is. There are hunters out there probably, and, uh, you know, there's some of them that, that will be very vocal about it, saying they've never not filled a tag. Well, that's great. That's, that's awesome. Cool. Good for you, buddy.
1: Made a lot of tag soup in my day. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, and a lot of that though, like you, some of that you can attribute to, right? Like you're talking about, well, yeah, I drew a premier unit, perhaps, and you know, I could use a lot of these different resources, or you know, heck, maybe somebody's like, I'll give you all my waypoints, right? Mm-hmm. I'll drop, I'll drop a pin every spot. You know, I've hunted that unit three times, or I used to guide that unit, or whatever, right? What I think also is super cool. And I'm all about using resources, by the way. But mm-hmm.
2: you know, take hey, taking resource guy. Taking, the I am too. Approach, I'm just terrible at asking for it. But
1: mm-hmm. but still being willing to take the approach to be like, this hunt is going to be perhaps more fulfilling if I just go and do this. And everything is relative too. Like you could go have somebody give you all the information you could ever need. Heck, maybe they even go show you the unit and you shoot a 200 incher, or. Maybe you grind it out and you learn it and you maybe do or I guess don't get maybe a, a quote smaller buck, I guess, but is one less or more fulfilling than the other? I could, I could argue funny, that the you're going to
0: be more fulfilled by the one that you did yourself. The funny thing is you could still follow everybody somebody's waypoint every single step of the way until they get you into the exact spot that they tell you that, that they think there's going to be a gigantic 200-incher there. Yeah, right. You still might not see anything.
2: I have I have a really good friend of mine. He's in his, probably his late 60s now. Just drew, he drew a sheep tag this year in an area that he's hunted a ton. He and I have, have hunted antelope up there. Like he's, and he's a super experienced hunter here in Nevada. And yet when he told me that he drew his tag, it was like, a week after the tag results came out and and he's like, yeah, I've already been up there three times and done the scouting and this and that. And he says, I've got all these trips. He's like, I want to take you up. Let's go. Like, here's a guy that has tons and tons of hunting experience in that area. And he's, you know, in his late sixties, he, he knows that area like the back of his hand and he's still going up there as often as he can and putting in all these trips because that's hunting. Like that's living, that's living, you know, hunting and t- wanting to, to figure it out and not being a hundred percent confident in your your ability mm-hmm. of that or knowledge of that area that you're going to be successful, you know, mm-hmm. I, I drew a tag this year that I've had I've hunted that unit twice and I've killed a really good buck and I missed an opportunity at a really good buck, but I find myself this year scout and scouting going to areas that I didn't see those big bucks. Like I want to see some new country. I want to get into different part of it. So, you know, for one, so that my episodes don't look all the same, but for two, I just, there's certain, there's other parts of this country that look awesome that I want to get into. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's so much more than just trying to, to find the
0: shortcut to success, you know, to a, to a, a trophy shot. That's a good way to put it. I get a question. I'll try and, I'll try and figure out the best way to ask it. I know <laughs> what I want to get to, not but I'm going to try and think how to say it. It's not like a gotcha or anything either, but it's just, so somebody is, Somebody's thinking about, you know, hey, I want to do this. I want to go on a solo hunt, basically, right? And um, let's say they they're, they haven't done it much before, and I'm thinking more in terms of somebody who's really, really more towards the beginning side of hunting in general. I see a lot of people nowadays where the idea of having to have every single aspect of every single part of a trip or a an experience or anything has to be just perfectly planned right i need to have i need to research until i'm blue in the face as to all the right gear i got to get i got to order all of it some of it's going to be on back order some of it's got to be you know custom made whatever so that's going to take a bunch of time and then i got to find exactly the right unit i got to find the right place to go i got to i got to do this amount of of workout training and i have to figure i have to figure out all my food and and uh, all that stuff that's Lightweight Dave, by the way. Uh, yes. I was just describing him. I just realized. <laughs> he um, just um, but he does it in a day. different way because actually that he that's the part that he really likes doing. But I'm getting at somebody who feels the need, even though they don't necessarily – that's not what they get super excited about like Lightweight Dave does. That's not what they get super excited about, but they feel like they have to do all that. And once that's all finally done, oh, now I can finally go on this trip. At what point do you and, – and what I like about where you've, you've kind of said in some things is, you know – Part of it is just getting out there and, and finding out that you packed the wrong thing, or that you screwed up a little bit, or that you're not in the right spot. At what point do you feel you would tell somebody, "Hey, you've got this checklist uh, checked; you're good to go." If you don't have everything else perfect, that's okay. But but these are your essential things that you should probably either know or have. They might be physical, you know, or, or just things to know. And if you kind of got that figured out, you're good. Like send it.
2: I think a lot of it, a lot of it ha- comes down to a person's experience. You know, um, if, if someone is v- relatively inexperienced in hunting or in, in, like, I can see why that would be a f- some concerns or a fear. You know, that's, that's a, those are real concerns. I gotta, I gotta know, I gotta have some waypoints. I gotta mm-hmm. have some direction. I need to have this because they just haven't experienced that. And there's, mm-hmm. and so if you're in that stage and you are inexperienced, go through it, by all means, do all that, you know, have all those checklists, check all those boxes, talk to as many people as you can, because you're going to figure out your own system and what you like and what you enjoy. Guys that have been doing it for a lot more time, it's like, we're, we have our system, you know, We're, we're like, we're in the flow, we're not worried about certain things, because I've worried about those 15 years ago, and I've already eliminated that concern, you know, and now we're looking at what's, what's relevant now to, and to this specific situation. So a lot of it comes down to, Making sure that you have your hunting core gear that matters, you know, mm-hmm. to just eliminate those concerns, and then it's, um, you know, from there it's just it's hunting the animal, it's learning more about the species, learning more about the country, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I think on on that on that note, a lot of guys get tied up too tied up into gear, you know, that that yeah. that having certain amount of gear is going to, is what's going to make you successful, you know, or or make you a better hunter. I've, I've got one of my best friends from high school. In fact, he, uh, on an episode that I just published last year on my, my Idaho mule deer hunt, guys are like, look at that doofus standing there in his big bun, big Ben overalls, you know, whatever else, you know, and he's got a Jansport backpack on and he's got these tan overalls and I don't even think he's wearing, I mean, just, just as he, he's not into gear at all. But Mm -hmm. that dude slayed some big bucks, man. Yeah. He knows how to kill some deer. And so it doesn't always come down to, you know, having to have the whole list of everything. As long as you have the the right key things, then you're good.
0: Nothing beats just doing it. You know, I mean, I think back to, I think back to, and I'll, I'll unapologetically bring in cars, of course, but I think back to getting into cars and it was like researching them, just. Until I just, you'd fall asleep practically at the computer, how they work, all this stuff about it. And then one day I was like, you know what, I'm going to buy a salvage $800 piece of crap car and I'm just going to take it all apart. And in the amount of time that it took, and I got like a wrench set from Menards on sale or something. And in the time that it took me, you know, the the few weeks after that of actually seeing it and touching it and and working on it and taking it apart and seeing how all this stuff in, in person went together learned way more than I ever would have just sitting on the computer. And it's the same way for hunting when I've gone hunting too, because, you know, you were around hunting all the time. You see people talking about it all the time and giving tips and this, that, the other thing. But then you, you get out there and nothing replaces your body actually being in the position cuz regardless of how much how many videos you've watched you're still going to feel awkward the first time you're out there like mm-hmm. oh this is I'm actually here now
2: <laughs> yeah well, how how invested in hunting do you really want to be do you want to just be invested in hunting you know for like you have to look at it as a long term this is something you're going to be doing forever and it's like you I, I guess it just comes back to that everybody wants to have that instant success, you know, be like they want to they want to be Remy Warren now. They don't want to they would, they don't want to spend the 20 years that he spent to get to there. Or, or maybe they do, but they but it's impatient and it's, it's a hard, hard position to be in because we're not in that position. We're, we've already been in it for 20 years and so not 20, but we've already been in it for 15 years. So. It's easy for me to look back and say, just be patient, you know, just take your time. Because if I go back to myself 15 years ago, it's like, yeah, I want to be popular now. I want sponsors now. I want a TV <laughs> show now. You know, I want to kill a big buck now. And so I was probably in that situation too. So a lot of it's just going to come with age and time.
0: Yeah. But I'm glad now that I know uh, some tan overalls and a Jansport backpack. If I'm if I'm that's at right. that point, I'm you're good to go. Send it.
1: Well, and, and I that's think right. that's super cool. I mean, Jim, you know, I'm not super into hunting gear, uh, but yeah, uh, right.
0: but uh, uh, but can, I think that's... I,
1: I could pan
2: my office. And be
1: <laughs> but I think that's really cool, and I think it ties back into kind of what you're talking about earlier about even just like you know being comfortable. You know, hunting solo is. You know, I think. And I and I think backcountry hunting is super cool, and like I said, I love backpacks and all that good stuff, right? But that's also kind of what gets portrayed as cool. But your first hunt doesn't have to be that, right? You can baby oh, right. step your way, you know, do a day hunt, do it an overnighter, bu- yeah. and then and then when you do that overnighter, pack your tent and go on. Oh, well, maybe was that heavy or or oh man, I got cold. But you're not like. Yeah. Five, five days in or you don't have this five-day hunt plan that's all of a sudden getting derailed <laughs> because you don't have the right jacket perhaps
2: <laughs> I just your first r- hunt should be a butt kicker it, it should suck your yes. first hunts your in fact your first several hunts should suck oh my you know, god you should think- have experiences that you'll never forget
1: i go back to hunting uh, blacktails as a kid cotton sweatshirt blue jeans yeah Raining constantly. I mean, like I remember, literally, like my dad left us probably because he actually wanted to go try and kill a deer, and uh, my brother and I were just sitting on this uh, logging road for probably
0: longer than he intended. But God, I remember, like I I actually probably had hypothermia. Yeah, I can. I was thinking back and laughing about my first solo hunt because I wore those stupid neoprene waders. I thought, I thought I was going to end up in water, and there was no water anywhere nearby. So I was 170 degrees inside of those dang things. And then I was like... Probably wetter looking, than
1: if you'd actually fallen oh, into the water. I was drenched in
0: sweat. So yeah, that was... Yeah. And then I kept looking at the... I looked at the map, and I said, I want to get there. And so I just went as the crow flies on the map, and I ended up in the thickest, nastiest, rose thorniest crap ever and I made so much noise and then I had to try and take off my waders in the middle of this whatever it was and then try and get through and by that point in time every deer within you know five miles had heard me cussing and swearing at all the crap around me and I came out on the other side and I remember being like they might be out here in this big, giant, open nothingness expanse, and there was no deer, and I was pretty bummed. And I was, I was surprised at the time. Like, how is there no deer out here? And I'd been <laughs> out there for five minutes after making just tons of noise.
1: But then, like, I'm sure you like vivid, like you r- vividly remember like yeah. that hunt, the lessons learned along the way. I think you learned a little bit about water
0: and what and how it it wasn't as bad as I thought it was, slash just not even there. Well, and also how the
1: the flat water might not necessarily be the
0: shallow water. Oh, that was another time that I went solo hunting, and yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to cross a stream, and I looked at the stream, and there was a rushing part where you could see the water rippling, and then there was a nice little still part, and I thought to myself, well, the rushing part looks scary. I'll go through the still (laughs) part. That's probably the shallower part. And I quickly learned it's actually reverse, right? Yeah, but that's like that's awesome, and you get a funny story After almost out of it. losing my waiters in the in the mud bog. Yep.
2: Well, what do you learn by you know cresting over the hill on your four wheeler, seeing a buck standing there and blasting it, and, and you know throwing it on the back and heading back to the to the truck by breakfast? You know, what do you learn from that?
1: Well, it depends how you portray it on Instagram.
2: Well. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Instagram.
1: <laughs> Sorry. I, I wasn't, I'm not trying to bring Mark, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm I was surprised that around. comment came yeah. from you.
2: It's true. It's true. You you guys only see what I want you to see, right? That's right. It's the beauty of the beauty
0: of editing. That's why my uh, first two solo hunts are not on Instagram. <laughs> they're on this, they're but those on this experiences podcast. That's what
2: learning. I mean, you learn.
0: You learn those things, and uh, if
2: if everything's easy, you're not you're not learning as much. You learn a lot more from adversity and from than than you do from something that happens easy.
1: It yeah. is true. It's hard. It's hard. It like it's hard when you're doing it, and sometimes it sucks while you're but, doing it.
0: Yeah, but and it, then somehow yeah.
1: it's like better in the end.
0: It is. It's the classic. Oh, you're gonna laugh on this when you look back. Nobody wants to hear that, but it's no. true. But when you're good at it
2: and you do it successfully and you come back and then, you, you know, everybody thinks that you're a god. They're just like, wow, you're so good. You do all these solo hunts and you capture it on film. We want to have you on your pod, on our podcast. You know, it's like people think you're cool, right? So that's the drive. Everybody wants to do it.
0: Yeah, that. Yeah. 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 We think you're cool. Thanks for being on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no. Marco, what did we, uh, what have we missed on there? Let me, so I got, I got a couple, I guess I got a couple more. Have you,
1: have you ever been in a super sketchy situation that when you're by yourself that you're like, well, like that, that scared me. Like that was close. Like that almost got, that either did or almost got real bad.
2: No, not at the time. No. Thinking back on it, I think I look back and I say, Whoa, that was probably pretty bad but in the moment I was never afraid, never scared. I mean, I'm, I remember a whitetail I shot up in Northern Idaho. I shot it out of a tree stand. And as he went over on the, the ridge and was staggering, a black bear came up, took him by the back of the neck, dragged him up over the hill and drug him down the, the side of the thing. So I thought, huh, let's give it a few minutes. He'll finish off my deer, climb down and I'm dragging, making noise and everything. And it, it gets dark. And, uh, you know, I, I can't see this deer, but I can hear the, I can hear drag marks and I can, or I can hear dragging. So I'm like, just making all this noise, no big deal. And uh, finally everything gets quiet. And I step up on this stump where it had been logged. I step up on it with my flashlight and I'm kind of panning around, not seeing anything. I'm like, what the heck? I can hear it right there dragging. I look down at my feet and here's this giant black bear on top of my deer, just looking straight up at me, probably five, oh. six feet away. You know, right underneath me. So I jump back and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I'll, I'll come back in the morning or whatever. I didn't, and then I'm just there with my bow. So, um, and the whole time I'm on, I'm on the phone with my wife uh, on the cell phone. And I'm, she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm tracking this deer. This bear's got this deer in his mouth.
0: This dragon. <laughs> oh yeah, man, there's, this she's like, like, what? You me? What?
2: Yeah she's like get out of there i'm like no babe everything's fine like and in the moment i had no fear like i was not worried about it and i ended up leaving the deer that night and coming back and, and spooking the bear off the next morning with my gun and part of partly because i wanted to see if i could kill the bear is what i wanted to do but like then thinking back on it it's like yeah that that probably could have ended up a pretty bad you know so <laughs> It was probably it probably was one of those sketch situations, but in the moment I just didn't think about it that
1: way. I'll just write this down. Timbernet is unscarable. Oh, I'm scarable. I am scarable. Timbernet
2: Unafraid
0: of Bears. (laughs)
2: lightning scares me. Lightning scares me.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Light the light okay, good. Well Mm, right. The one thing that like we can't predict and that comes from the sky and can zap you. Yeah, that's yeah, I guess that's that's reasonable.
2: And if you've hunted in Nevada in, in August, you can definitely tell, you know, you can experience a lot of those afternoon lightning storms. It'll just scare the crap out of you. Oh, yeah.
1: Eesh. Yeah, lightning is weird, man. That it is. I don't, I don't, don't care mess for with it. I don't yeah. care for it myself. I'll mess with
2: the bear way before I'll mess with lightning. Yeah, you can't shoot lightning.
1: <laughs> get away. You can't hey. scare it away. Ah, ah, ah lightning. Ah, ah. <laughs> ah. What? I was going to, I've, I've always been curious, like, you know, you just get used to seeing like you and Remy or, you know, individually or on on Solo Hunter how did you guys how did you guys meet how did that how did that come about
2: yeah so when when Solo Hunter came about it came about kind of randomly because i was producing another show on Sportsman Channel and they lost funding and then anyway i had Solo Hunter came out and so i was like i needed footage the only footage that i had was my five or six hunts solo hunts and, um, at that point hunting season was already over or, or most of the way through. And I didn't have anything for the next fall or for the next season. Cause when solo hunter hit the air, it was, it, it wasn't, I'm not going to say it was a big hit, but like sponsors were calling fan and like it was very, very popular at the time.
1: What so year was that? I put 10? this,
2: that was in 2010, that was 2010. the okay. fourth quarter of 2010. So, um, in the last couple of episodes, I put a little call to action. Hey, and if any of you guys are out there solo hunting and you want to be featured on the show, send me some footage, blah, blah, blah. Well, Remy had seen that or a friend of his, I think, um, had seen that and said, Hey Remy, you should send some of your footage into this guy. So Remy among, I think that year I had over 600, um, wow. tapes. Yeah. 600 people sent in tapes. And at that time I was loading the tapes digitizing them and mailing the tapes back so I spent a lot of money that was a stupid mistake I should have said you send sending your tape you're, it's, you lost it it's done it's gone but so I had all of this uh, this footage and Remy was one of these guys and there was a few others um, that, that had some great stuff too and so season two you'll notice there's some some of Remy's hunts and there wasn't there were, uh, early on and solo hunt, in the first couple of seasons there was a lot of stuff that wasn't solo and a lot of different personalities and people. And so that's, that's how I had, had come to know of Remy. And I thought he lived in Montana. So I think I remember one day I was talking to him on the phone. I'm like, Hey, you know, what hunts have you got? And he says, I've got these hunts. And I said, sweet, just uh, pop them in the mail. And he's like, well, how about I just drop them by? And I'm like, you are in Reno? And He says, yeah, I, I live in Reno. And I didn't, I didn't even know it until after knowing him for over a, <laughs> a year, maybe two years. And it turns out we live like four miles apart, you know, or something. Oh, so, wow. Um, but then, just nice. getting to know him over the years, and and you know, you guys know Remy really well. He's he's one of the good guys. Mm-hmm. He's one of the true, truly good people in the world, let alone just in the hunting space. Yeah. So we we hit it off really well because I'm equally as as true and as cool as he is, and we just became really good friends and and um, have grown ever since. So it's it's rare to see partnerships uh, last. Over ten years, you know, or even even remotely close to that, and mm-hmm. we don't even have a formal partnership. We just work together well and and have continued to do so.
1: That's awesome, man. No, that's a cool story. And yeah, I mean, yeah, both you guys, you know, we talk about. I'm just gonna keep giving you compliments, Tim. But you know, just genuine, cool, down to earth, good hunters, knowledgeable, humble. Probably, like I said, both you guys more than you should be, but I guess that's you know what makes you cool. Just,
2: we're just working stiffs, you know. I mean, Remy still to his credit, he's still a full-time guide. He still guides all the time. He does a lot of different things, you know. I I do I work hard. I when I when I went at this and realized that I that I was going to find some success in it early on, I I decided I wanted to go the business route. I wanted to create a brand. There was a lot of others in the in the hunting industry at that time. That had created big, massive brands that that dwarf mine to this day, you know, and and that's what I wanted to be, and that's what I wanted to do. So I I handled everything from a business approach, and my my relationships and partnerships a lot of from a business approach. And uh, Remy was kind of that balance. He was that free, free flowing, you know, free spirited. I just want to go on hunts and kill stuff and be really good, you know, and and that has really attributed to a lot of his popularity and success is because he's 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 na- he's that celebrity role you know and so we kind of have that really really good balance with Solo Hunter and I'm extremely grateful for what we have but at the end of the day we're just two working stiffs you know we're just two good dudes and we just like to do what we do so
1: yeah and i'd say that you know the one thing in common is the passion passion for yeah. the outdoors passion for hunting and, and passion for you know being successful in, in what you do and you're just you're just not you're not going to see what you guys have built. Like, it's not going to happen if you're not passionate about it. Mm. No. Mm. no. But uh, I got I got one more, Jim.
0: By all uh, means, we've, Mark. We've,
1: we've got Tim here. We're gonna we we keep...
0: forgot to do the sound effects earlier because oh, we were talking the... about a bear, and MC Ryan brought wow. in this uh, sound effects board for us, so we're going to throw in the bear sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. That's yeah. what editing is for. You can edit that in. Yeah, oh, we'll, yeah just, yep, yep. we'll just weave it right back
2: in <laughs> when you're talking about it. It's it's like Cal's Week in Review. I like how he drops in those little, you know, random sound effects. <laughs> 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 what uh what's your
1: what's your dream solo hunt to film and like come out successful? Like what's the pinnacle? Of maybe something you ha- that you haven't done yet.
2: So or maybe um, you've done it already. Maybe maybe you accomplish no, that dream i haven't i haven't done it not not solo you know i accomplished a dream but it was it was with a good friend of mine on my doll sheep hunt but mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. solo would be it, being a nevada resident i, I should draw a sheep tag i hope to draw a sheep tag at some point point. and so um you know a lot of guys when they draw a sheep tag in nevada they have 15 guys there with them and just, you know just it's a it's a party it's a family thing because it's a once in a lifetime opportunity right I cannot wait to draw that tag and spend, you know, a month on the mountain by myself, just immersing myself in the, in the sheep and just enjoying the country and documenting the most kick-ass film you've ever seen. And that's that's what I want to do. And that's how I will experience it with others is by creating it how I'm creating it and releasing it to, to the world, you know, in, in that format. Even though it'd be great to have my brother there or whatever else, that's that's just not how I want to do this on huh? so... Tim, I've because got, I can, Mark's got, got I got the goosebump thing. I going. got
1: goosebumps, man. You gave me chills there. Sweet, that sounds sweet. cool. Like I can't <laughs> wait for that to happen.
2: So you're, yeah. So you're not invited.
0: Yeah, no, I'm not gonna. I can't Just wait. to Everybody watch it. out
2: there know that I, if I, I draw a sheep tag in Idaho or, or Nevada,
0: you're not invited. Sorry. Hey, you know what?
1: It's out there. That's good. That's there's there's that honesty and genuineness. Absolutely, genuineness
0: coming through again. <laughs> absolutely. It's it's worse to be mysterious or arbitrary about that. Yeah. Yeah, Get you don't you don't there.
1: you don't want to lead people on. No. Nobody likes yeah. that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well awesome I like,
2: Tim. I like to be lit on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the flirting. <laughs> we'll remember no. that for the future. Yeah. So oh So yeah. Maybe okay. we'll uh maybe we'll have you on every podcast from here on out. Maybe May, not. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. We'll maybe, just maybe, see
2: We'll see Let's it. don't. I just genuinely don't like to talk at an hour at a time that much. You know, there's a reason why my podcast gets released about once every month. It's because it, you know I'm I'm comfortable. My my friend Ben he he hacks on me all the time. He's like every time I call you, you're clearing your throat like you never been you haven't been talking all day. And he's like it's freaking three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like I think you're the per- first person I've talked to you today. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> so not only the solo hunter but the solo just. Dude, solo lifestyle, man. Lone wolf. No, Lone wolf.
2: Yeah. Aside from my family. Yeah, yeah, no, no. A lot of good friends, but uh, I don't know. How, how is it put? Um, I know a lot of people. A lot of people know me, but I have very few friends. Is that, that that's I, what, the way I heard it? Was that Clint
0: Eastwood? Sounds like something you would say. Something, yeah.
1: I don't know. You know what? A lot of truth in that, though. You know? I mean... Mark, you love people. I do love so
2: people, but... I
0: absolutely love
2: People. <laughs> I, peep, <laughs> Hey, people should know, Mark. That I, I attribute you as one of my dearest friends. You know, and I, you and I have kind of talked about that before. I think you're one of my. We've known you for a long time, and so you're one of the, you're one of the few few close friends that I that I have, and I appreciate that.
1: No, well, Tim, I I sincerely, like I said, we talked about that, and I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. And that I mean, coming from you, from you, I mean that that definitely means means a ton. So um, that's big time, Mark. And I think it's because, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, my gosh, I, I, I might have gained You're some blushing. Instagram
2: followers. Yeah. Um, Mark's one of 987 people that are my dearest friends. <laughs> <laughs> Broke that yeah. thousand mark. That's there you right. go.
0: That's right.
1: But no I pre- yeah I I agree Tim. Uh appreciate you and and uh man like it's it's hard to believe that we actually have known each other. We don't get to see each other as mm-hmm. much as I guarantee you, I know I, I would like but uh it's cool to do stuff like this. Uh appreciate you taking the time to uh to jump on this and, and chat chat with you. us. Always always super fun. Um can't thank
2: you enough and Yeah awesome no, thank you i'm glad to do it so i can't wait to can't wait to uh see everybody's reaction when we release those other two vortex selects i think they'll i think they'll enjoy them so you guys check it out on the on the vortex youtube channel for because sure because then in 30 days we're releasing it to my channel so heck yeah heck yeah
0: most definitely all right <laughs> well thanks right, a ton guys, Tim. Thank appreciate you. it thanks man take care all right bye everybody bye